0: It's from the Apostle Paul. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you we did this not because we do not have the right to such help but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow for even when we were with you we gave you this rule if a man will not work he shall not eat we hear that some among you are idle they are not busy they are busy bodies Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him. Do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed. Yet, yet, do not regard him as an enemy but warn him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the senior pastor at Christ Central Church. And um, Pastor George, our associate pastor, usually leads worship for us in the morning. And um, he's not here this morning. He had an unexpected death in the family. Um, in particular, uh, Amanda's step-sister, um, her step-mother's daughter, just to kind of make it clear um, to you guys, um, was murdered. And um, and so they went down there to be with the family and um, to participate in the funeral services and those sort of things. So please uh, keep uh, Pastor Giorgio, and in particular Amanda, her father, and um, in prayer, oh, this thing came apart. Um, so uh, just want to give you a heads up on that. As we continue our sermon series on Grow Up, as we go through this sermon series, I'm going to have to warn you that I'm going to sound like the grumpy old man, right? Get a job, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I pray that what I give you through that, Is the Word of God, and with it the good news—not just the grumpy old man news, but the good news—and especially, uh, what am I causing it buzzing? Okay, I'm not. All right, um, especially the uh, considering as as Elder Mari, Elder (laughs) Mari. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. It is true; he is an elder. Just. uh, told us about the economy to talk this morning about um, go to work. How fitting it is, right? Today's sermon, especially after this week, grow up is go to work. And it's so fitting that it should follow last week's sermon on grow up, growing up is painful. Because, you know, when I say work, every single one of you in the room, when you just use the word work, work, immediately gets a taste of what we call God's general grace. When I say general grace, you know that, you know, that stuff everyone knows is true. And all of you know that work. And when I say work, I mean more than, but not less than a job. Work, Whether working on yourself or working on your marriage or working on your family or working to, to better yourself in some way or, or working on the house or in the house in the community or going to school, that work is hard and painful sometimes. And it carries with it this sense of disappointment and distress. You know, I think about it. You are all great theologians because you already know. That truth that Genesis tells us in chapter 3 about living in this fallen world. And this is God talking to Adam and Eve. Curse is the ground because of you. This is after they sinned. Through painful toil, you will eat of it, the ground, all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the, the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. You will eat your food and until you return to the ground since from it you were taken. Work is hard. Work gonna make you sweat. Work gonna make you cuss. Working is hard. And Paul, we have Paul here speaking to a young church and in seeking their maturity is calling them to holy living, to grow up. And he is speaking to a people who are like us today. We suffer uh, in a world that feels unfair when it comes to work. And, and blinded in our own sin, we have oftentimes an improper view of ourselves and our work. And we are tempted to freeload on others or in some sort of way. He is calling them to do what some of them and some of, some of us can't seem to do. Go to work. Go To work. Why work? Why go to work? Well, three things we're going to look at today. Because first, we are made to work. Secondly, we must work in order to live. And finally, we must leave the impossible work to the Lord. One point here very clearly is you and I are made to work because to work is human. Now, Paul uses the language idle. If a man is Idle, he says. And idle is a military term. It means you're disorderly. It means you are out of line, that you are out of place when you aren't working. And, And when we consider the creational dignity of work that God said when he made Adam and Eve, that they were called and made to go in the garden and work it and keep it. Now, this is before the bad stuff entered, all the false stuff. You're supposed to work. It is safe to say you and I fit in when we work we are made to work we have been created to work to work is human it is normal and it's ordinary if you don't work you are out of step not just with your community but more so the human race it's just regular as they say to work I remember hearing Chris Rock say "Okay, of course it's a Sunday morning sermon abridged version You know, he said, I can't stand brothers bragging. I got a job. Chris Rock like, what? What you bragging for? You're supposed to have a job. What you want, a cookie? Because you got a job. And that's why when you see somebody not working or working on something or on a job and work again, it's not just limited to a job but to a profession. But it is normal and natural to ask, what are they doing? What's wrong with them? Or, considering our economy today, what's wrong with the job market? Why aren't there people working? Why aren't there enough places? If we aren't working something or someone is out of order, something is not so human, something or someone must be sick or broken or out of place, or if someone is just, you know, sometimes I see folk just living and driving and having a good time and buying $3, $4 coffees, and I'm just thinking, what's up with that? Something unusual is going on with that person and their circumstances. They must be rich or something, right? And so to be idle without work is out of line with the human race. It's broken in some way. Paul is saying that to work is not only just human, to not work is inhumane. Now, his inference here is that if you aren't working or you're living, and he calls them busybodies, you are freeloading somewhere. You are taking advantage of others. You are not only by not working, living as subhuman, not living and moving in the dignity um, of being a man or a woman, but you are messing up the whole parade, if you will, in his idle term, in his military term. You are missing, and others feel it when you miss out. You have to carry... Your load, Paul is saying. Let me make clear, I'm not talking about not receiving mercy or hospitality for those of us who have fallen on hard times. Welcome to the church. We all got hard times. Thank God we can help each other. Yes. No, this what Paul was talking about and what I want to communicate to you is this is about deciding to make a career out of not working. A profession of freeloading to try to make a life of treating others like slaves or your workhorses. Maybe it's your mama or daddy or even your church or your friends or family or even your kids. But you are making people suffer and pay for your busybodiness or your lack of work. And that's why Paul is so strong about it here in verse 6. Some have wandered away. Uh Uh-oh. Wrong chapter. Still the word of God, just wrong verse. (laughs) Wrong book. Okay. Verse 6, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you brothers to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to teaching you receive from us. And then in verse 14, if anyone does not obey our instructions in this letter, take note of him. Do not associate with him or her in order that they may feel ashamed. He's saying don't associate with them, right? It's not, it's like saying, put them away from you. Stay away from the freeloader. Put them in a, you know, social jail, if you will, because they are thieves. They need to know and be punished with the same shame and isolation because that is what they're causing others by not working. They are inhumane and undignifying to themselves and to others. Y'all ever remember, did you ever see the Simpsons episode? When Bart had this new theory, I can't remember what it was, where we could just all do what we want. You remember that one? He was like, we don't have to go to work. Yay! And they had this big carnival. And so the guy who puts the, you know, the nut on the boat to keep the Ferris wheel in place, he says, "Woohoo! don't have to work today. Homer working at the nuclear plant, yay! Don't have to work today. The guy that regulates that the nuclear plant don't get too hot? Alright! Don't have to go to work. The police chief? Yay! We can just have fun! Don't have to go to work! And so it was, you know, how the Simpsons goes. The, the Ferris wheel rolls down the middle of the center of the street. Stuff gets robbed. The nuclear plant overheats, about to explode. And, and you know, he is saying stay away from them because they are liable. For not doing their job. And it's causing hurt and pain to others when we don't do our part or do it well. So Paul is telling all. Get a job. Get a job. That's a grumpy old man.
0: Get a job.
1: Get a J-O-B job. Go to work. Do something with your life. Make it count for something. Make it give something, right? Make the ground give something back. Drill, baby, drill. And I'm not talking about offshore drilling. (laughs) Work hard. Go to work in it and on it, whether it is yourself, your job, your community, your household. But we also learn, got to remember, but we also learn here is that we go to work because we work to live. Look with me at verses, verses 7 through 10. To yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to interview. By the way, that's the pastor talking, okay? All right. Anyway, so we did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. The Lord is calling us to work hard. And in our working hard, we will find life. Food. Food, y'all. And survival. We stay alive because someone goes into the fields and gets the food. Hard work, sweating. And then someone actually cooks it. And then we actually eat it. And people get around a table that someone had to build. And they eat it off plates that someone had to make. And we actually have someone pulling everybody together. Sometimes Kelly, come on boys, come to eat. Somebody has to even work to pull everybody together. And so we share in life and fun and play. And we all get life from what? Work So, go to work. So we can live. Paul is saying to them and to us that some of you are simply lazy. Lazy. That's what busybody freeloading is. You're lazy. Grumpy old man. Remember that? I warned you. Some of you have a job. But you got that job because you want to act a fool. You just want to go to work and play around. You ain't really working. I used to have jobs like that. What you doing? I don't know. Just working. I remember sometimes at work. Remember Terrence, Sherwin-Williams, working in the... um. hope Sherwin-Williams doesn't hear this and get their money back. But you remember working in that warehouse? And sometimes I just go up on a high pallet and go to sleep. Yeah, I know. Anybody seen Howard? I can hit him. Howard, where is he? He must be working deep in the warehouse somewhere. <sighs> and some of us we look for that kind of job. You know, where you can get paid to do nothing. I don't know what kind of job that is. Or, or or you know, some of you could get a job and could find a place to fit in, you don't want to. Why? You like I I feel just like you, right? I don't want that pain, man. I don't want to sweat. I don't want to have to get up in the morning. That boredom where you're, you know, you're sitting at your desk or doing something like, man, what am I doing? Nobody wants that feeling. The feeling you're under the thumb of the man, right? You, 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 you don't want to have to put yourself in a position or push forward to a place where you might actually have to be responsible for something, man. Nah. I love working in the warehouse. I hate it when they're like, Howard, put your tie on. Got to work with the customers. No! I want to work with the paint. I don't want to work with people. They're going to ask me to do things. I'm going to be held responsible. Some of us stay awake completely or you feel the pressure, right? That pressure of getting things done on time, actually being on time, rushing to get around and, and clocking in and having all those people need you and require of you. Things need to be done or things around the house need to be fixed. Grass needs to be cut. Food needs to be cooked. Clothes need to be washed. The car needs an oil change. But some of us just go get something out to eat again. Some of you, I don't know how I know this, but some of you spray your clothes with Febreze one more time. (laughs) Lazy. Don't want to wash nothing. Don't want to dry. That iron ain't been hot in three years. I don't want to shame some of you, but Paul says I should. Some of y'all, here we go. Go to community group early. They'll feed you. Oh. I know because I do it. <laughs> community group started at 7.30. I know the folk who hosted a community group going to start eating around 6. Right. Hey, good Christian brothers. <laughs> Sorry I'm here early. What y'all doing back in that kitchen? <laughs> you can go to community group early, y'all. I, I got, I got the some of us just okay. Man, in seminary, I was the best food hound there was. I didn't anyone that didn't have food. wasn't like I was a poor college student. I was. I didn't feel like cooking nothing. I didn't feel like the work. I rolled by, you know, we had the RUF, Reform University Fellowship as a campus ministry, our denomination. So they had special houses for the people who were part of those ministries at the seminary. The ladies' house, the girls' house was here. The boys' house, girls' and boys' house was here. These grown people, y'all. But, you know, I would always walk past the girls' house first, right around six. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? I need to talk to you about some things go in there and I don't know they always had four or five different meals going. I would show up just on time. My roommate used to have these kind of poetry reading things. I didn't want to go to those dumb things. Reading and all and acting all intellectual about stuff. I majored in English but I was glad to be done with it at that point. But he could cook and I would go to those poetry things sitting there waiting for the food. Some of you are living up with mama or daddy, living off mama and daddy. You don't have to live in their house to live off of them. Trust me, I know. I'd call my dad. First thing I'd say, I don't have no money. Dang. See you later. I'm not just talking about young people. Plenty of our older brothers and sisters living off the family wealth in some way or another. Man, it's imp- you know. What do you think? It's important to hang out with friends. Oh gosh, and have a good time. Life ain't worth living. We tell ourselves if you're not having a good time. But without work, I'm here to tell you, you're not really living. You just playing. Like I said last week, what? You don't want to grow up. You're, as a, you're a Toys or Us kid, right? You want to play all day and sleep and eat and find yourself. And we'll get to that in a, in a minute. Or, or you know, you you really can't draw that well. Go to work. Your paintings, you ain't gonna make it. Trust me. Maybe some of these guys, they can really do it. Some of y'all. let me let you know that Paul says here for man won't work he won't eat and you can't help but think about that Genesis passage I read earlier about how hard it is a job is not easy so let me say this if you go to work or you've been to work and won't go back now <laughs> because you're feeling like it's hard to get up in the morning or feel bored at sometimes or don't always feel fulfilled I love that word I don't feel fulfilled Or you're not getting all you want out of the job or experience difficult people to work with. Or it's just plain hard to get up and go to class today. Had plenty of those times. Or it's just hard to get dressed in the morning. Or you don't feel like you have enough playtime or not feeling fulfilled or that you should get more money for what you do. Welcome to the work world. That's what it's like. Anybody feel like they get paid enough for what they do? No, they don't. They get appreciated enough? No way you don't. That's why he says, by the sweat of your brow, pain and toil, you're going to eat all the days of your life. It is no lie. If you got a job, if you're working, those are feelings you're going to have. I know some of you, and be careful here, you working it, man. I know a lot of you in this congregation. You're trying. You are in the places that don't feel real fulfilling. Or you got the hours that are hard, right? The ones nobody wants so you can pay the bills or or, or the pay ain't what you think it should be. And you are working hard, busting your tail, right? And I know there are lots of you some of you anyway, who have disabilities and childcare issues and, and may be widowed or left in a bad divorce situation or may have lost your job thanks to, to this economy and the field is not hiring right now and you are beating the streets looking or you're in school or, or we and, and we, the community, are helping you, right? Well, that's not a busybody because you aren't a professional profession seeker. You ever met people, they are always seeking a profession and never finding one. I hear you. I see you in this church. You're like the Good Times theme song, right? You're just keeping your head above water, making a wave when you can. You're scratching and surviving and hanging in the child line. God bless you. Verse 13 says to you, as for you brothers, working hard, trying to find a job. Never tire of doing what is right. But but for some of you to not work or not go to work, whether a job or school or taking care of people or working on something wrong in you or something going on to yourself or things around the house is lazy. What Paul describes as freeloading because someone is paying or not paying for your laziness. Let me cut to the chase some more. No. I, me, your friends, your mama, your daddy, and the government can't and won't and aren't made to facilitate and pay for your laziness. Surprise. Surprise. And I know how complicated lazy folks can be, right? I can be lazy too. Here, here Here's some synonyms that may mean I am lazy. Will you let me freeload? this job is so dead-end, I don't love my job. Again, I need to find myself, or I have a vision, y'all. And let me tell you, we'll get back to those sentiments because I don't necessarily think they need to be overlooked either. But one of the big ones I hear is, I want to live out my dreams. I got a dream, right? And we use these words in terms to excuse and expedite our lack of settling in and working, like Paul says in verse 11, We hear that some of you are idle. They are not busy. They are busybodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ, what? To settle down and earn the bread they eat. When Paul warns against being busybodies, one root word to the, uh, of, of busybodies is magic, right? You, living in a fantasy. At others' expense, your kids, your family, your community—they're kind of like the rabbit and the hat while you playing fame. You remember, fame came on. Everybody was going to go to the School of Arts in New York. Fame, right? You gonna make it? You gonna live forever, right? You gonna travel the world? You and P. Diddy and Jay Z and Donald Trump all together? You gonna be big balling? You in the corner office in the big building with the big dog? hoo Who? Good. But guess what? You have to be able to live off that dream, Paul is saying. That means not making anyone else have to necessarily pay for that dream. Those especially who need you at home and need you at church or in your neighborhood or in your community. Because that dream and that dream searching got to feed you and your world you have created and been given to you. Your dream got to feed those babies and love that husband or wife. And that is hard. Settle down, Paul says, and dig in where you are and can. Man, I love this song. Sometimes I get tired. I know it isn't the real Christian Orthodox thing to listen to, but Ludacris got this song. Sometimes I feel tired. Goes this way. I got mouths to feed. You're moving too slow. I got mouths to feed. Hurry up and let's go. I got mouths to feed. Right? But not just mouths, because Paul said they work to give them a heart to live right, to grow well, to be able to eat from God's word and be strong spiritually. You got hearts and lives and souls and minds to feed. And sometimes your busy body dream don't pay. You got mouths and hearts. To feed. And I'm not talking about those working hard on things that we've worked with, businesses and things and hard. No, no, that's working hard. I'm talking about some dream out there that isn't existing. And you're making others pay for it. Here's a hard thing. Some of you have kids that need more attention than your dream can handle. Or your marriages can't handle your dream. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't want to tell you, but I gotta tell you. It may mean waiting for your dream or letting it die so you and others can live. Hey, growing up kind of hard. Pastor Brown, I'm a toy throw skin. Don't tell me that. You're being too hard. Jesus was nice.
0: <laughs>
1: Jesus was nice, and we weren't very nice to him. <laughs> I mean, We're looking at time wise. It may mean cleaning up after the dog before being the big dog, right? It may mean being the ball boy before you big balling. It may mean shining shoes before you wearing them on Wall Street. Nobody want to walk on Wall Street right now, though. It may mean, thanks be to God, your dream might be done, but you eat. And live and your world eats and lives and you get to be human with dignity a grown up and not a child a real breathing living human being and not some sort of caricature of some sort of mega something that isn't real life that you and me can stop playing superman and superwoman and be a man and be a woman go to work but there is more here that I want you to see that this passage is saying because some of us we all live in Lodge. But we can still fall in the trap. This isn't just for people who don't have jobs or trying to figure themselves out. Paul's here busy says busybodies, and again, and if you don't work, you don't eat, and it's saying in part that what you should do should feed, you should give life. That, that Get this. I'm going to try to move through this quicker. That it... That it takes hard work to live where you fit, to make what you do work, to do what it must, provide for your world. You you should do things that provide life for you and your family and community. Let me say this. Some of your jobs are actually counterproductive. You working so much in that corner office, everyone else is suffering. Everyone around you is paying for your job situation. Some of you are working dutifully to provide, but you are a busybody in the sense that you are all you are getting is a paycheck. It might be big, might be long, might be deep. And yes, you and your family eat, but your world and you are starved for attention like paul was warning against that that someone else your kids your wife your community someone is paying for you to do what you're doing they're suffering from your busyness if you will you don't have the energy to play with your kids and you don't have the time to take care of things at home and you don't have time and energy to go to community group or to feed your soul or to go to church you're too busy that ain't living Maybe you are trapped being a busybody, working, making a good living, but not providing real life to anyone else, even yourself. It's the thorns and thistles, y'all. And here is where it gets hard, if it already isn't so hard. In order to live and others live with dignity where you fit, where you work in, you might need to cut back on your hours. Oh, Lord. There goes my buying power. There goes the size of my house. There goes the age of my cars. There goes the dream I've been working so hard for everybody to like me about. Or maybe the size and diversity of your portfolio need to change so you can stop freeloading emotionally and spiritually and everyone around you while you bring home the dough. And I don't know the answer for each and every single one of you that work hard. But Paul encourages us. in Verse 12. Settle down and earn the bread you eat. And as for you brothers, never tire not only of doing, but doing what is right. Paul has used words like idle and disorderly and busybody, and I've used words like lazy. And if you are idle or you find yourself a busybody, or, or lazy in some way. Welcome to the human race. We all struggle with it. I know in my mind, I'm thinking, dog, I'm working too hard, or I'm working not a lot, or oh, I'm." mean, it, it'll it never end. You'll you you drive yourself crazy. Some of us trying to do right with our work. And know it's funny. You may be more enlightened than many of us because you have come to realize what we all need to know here. Work has no meaning or glory outside of its money and the subsequent pains and failures of it all. Work needs a savior. What we have to recognize is that we don't work to make ourselves worth something. You got it backwards. We don't work to give ourselves fulfillment or find fulfillment or give our lives meaning. You got it backwards. You work because you believe you and others are worth something. You work because you already have fulfillment beyond your work. Work finds itself a chapter in a bigger story. Right? First of all, you think about the thorns and thistles, the stuff that comes with working is not... I've said all this stuff, it's hard, you feel bored, you feel this, you feel overworked, you feel like you're not getting anywhere. Guess what? I can tell you for certainty, that is not a true determination of who you are as a person. And it's not a final definition of whether you'll be fulfilled. Yet any work you do will make you feel less than you should. What am I saying? It is impossible to get worth and meaning, and find yourself, and get fulfillment that will bring you contentment and make everyone happy and give God the glory He deserves from you. Work won't do that for you. But go to work, right? We have fooled ourselves into thinking work will make our dreams come true. If I can just find my place in this world. I think that's important. It's good to know your calling. But that somehow it will finally make us feel human and alive in and of itself. And what you have and will soon discover is guess what? It does not That's why some of you aren't going to work. That's why some of you are afraid of a job. That's why some of you are afraid to jumping in in the deep end it's something emotional in you and really working in it or giving this thing up because you, you realize it doesn't do anything. It isn't worth it. So what? Just be happy. You know, freeloading everybody die and move on. And that would be true because it is impossible for work and working hard to give us worth. Let me say this. The hard work because of the fall is definitely ours. We're supposed to be down here working and it's supposed to be hard. But the impossible work because of God's grace is his. Because what we're really looking for and feeling for is worth, y'all. I want to feel like I mean something. I want to feel like I made a difference in this world. I want to feel like my job is doing something more. I want my job to feed me somewhere deep. I don't want just a paycheck, man. I'll take the paycheck. Don't get me wrong now. But why wouldn't I look for the next great thing? Because eventually, whatever I do, even here as a pastor of this church, you know, Howard, you really pouring into people's lives, and you're really doing this. What you don't recognize is when I come here on Sunday morning, all I see is empty seats. That's a problem. What's wrong with me? Look at y'all, y'all here, y'all getting God's word. That's not enough for me. I want to feel worth something in a different way. I want to feel fulfilled. I want all y'all to get it and, and be happy and move on. And it doesn't happen. Trust me, in elder meetings, I see it don't always work right. Y'all don't always get it. It's always messed up. And I think, what am I doing? And you got to feel the same way about your own work. Man, I've been we've been going to marriage counseling for a while. Still ain't there. Dog, I just want to give up. Is that work calling you on that phone? No. <laughs> you better go to that job. No. <laughs> he says this. It's interesting how in this he fixes it. He says, if in verse 14, if anyone, anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him, don't associate with him, in order that he may feel ashamed, and I'm not for shame, but listen what he says, yet... Yet, I love yet's and but's and all that stuff. So yet, do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a what? Brother. Y'all say it. Brother. Okay, old school black church right there. He says, make the first person shame. In other words, make them feel a good pressure if they're being missed in the order, in their idleness, as they live out of order. But he says this, but not as an enemy, as a brother. And what Paul has done in saying that is this. This is talking about the idle brother. This is the brother not living human. This is the one that's brother or sister who aren't in a job. This is the one trying to find themselves. This is the one who don't feel like they're finding meaning in work. And he says what? This is the freeloader. He is saying what? Even if they do have a job or don't have a job, that being a brother or sister in Christ, they stand and have worth regardless of their job or work situation. What? So he's calling the person a brother, the sister in the Lord, and they're not doing the work thing? What's that tell us? Your worth is not in your work. It's in Christ is what he's saying. We find worth beyond that. Work or not working, lazy or not lazy and cannot give worth and cannot take what the work of Jesus on the cross makes and does for you. And what he does is he restores a dignity that this world through its work and its thorns and its thistles and its toil tries to take away. Jesus restores it and redeems it. And that cannot be gained or lost through work. Speaking of the impossibilities of work in this form where Paul has more... It, it, And um, what's going on in Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians and even part of 2nd, is he gets into that eschatological stuff with the Antichrist and the second coming of Christ. And this is a young church and they're hearing about it and they're getting persecuted and they want to know this. Paul, we hear Jesus coming back. Yeah. Man, if I knew Jesus was coming. You know, people say, if you knew when everything's going to end, how would you act? You know, if you knew tomorrow, that was it for the world. I know some of you, cause I'd be among them. I would clear up that chump change I got in my bank account and spend it up, boy. Woo! Where's Sunday Roller? Where's Pastor Brown? I don't know. Chilling somewhere, cause he knows the world's gonna end. And so they're saying, hey, if Jesus is coming back, this life has no fulfillment. You see what they're doing? They're doing the same thing we're doing. If this life doesn't have fulfillment in it, and it only comes in heaven, hey, we don't have to work. If I can't get my dreams and needs met, or, or all that is wrong fixed by working in this dead-end job, or sort of job, or if it's always gonna be this balancing act, why try? Paul answers with emphasis with a, in the Lord Jesus, you more than any other should go to work. Because if you believe and live that Jesus' life and death and resurrection will eventually reverse... And will finally reverse the curse and brokenness and the unfulfillment of having a job or not having a job and struggling hard through it and working to get a job, believing the gospel that is, you can, should, and do go to work, believing that what you do means something far beyond what your paycheck fails to say, or what daddy says or doesn't say, or your never-ending hard work may or may not say. Jesus is taking all that we're done, that's done in this earth and our work, and He's using. Using it for eternal purposes. So go to work now. He's going to make it fulfilled. Close with this. Remember this quote in Boys in the Hood? Again, Sunday morning abridged version. Doughboy's mama talking to him. Miss Baker. (laughs) You ain't nothing. You just like your daddy. You ain't, you don't do nothing, and you're never going to amount to nothing. All you do is eat, sleep, and relieve yourself. That's what work and not working says to you and me, or lies and hides from you and me. And like gang banging doughboy. We are stuck, busy-bodied, living and trying to find purpose in an unholy and deadly and dehumanizing life. But Jesus comes along and he says what? By my power, you are someone with redeemed worth. You will share in the results of your heavenly father through me. By all means, grow up and go to work because because of me, your work means something and it will amount to glory to me and to everlasting and eternal hope for you and others. So don't only eat and sleep and relieve yourself. Good news. Go to work. You're worth something. You're worth something. Your work means something more than you get on this side. This is the message of the good news so that we can grow up and go to work. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it's hard we got these mixed issues of will you feel called to do and what makes you feel right. Or where your place in the world and all these things, Lord. And whether we find it or we don't find it, Lord. Oh, what brokenness, what disappointment, what despair, what depression, Lord. What never-ending search for the right balance and the right job and the right duty and the right pleasure and all these things. Lord, help us. By putting us in communities like the idol brother of people who will come along and say, hey, what you doing? Or no, you can't have chips right now. You need to work for it. Bring your chips next week. Lord, we live in a body that says, hey, people around us will say, encourage us to work and keep going past the hard times. Lord, but we look to your impossible work. Do it in us right now. Convince us that we are worth something beyond the paycheck and beyond the results and beyond the disappointments and beyond our laziness. That when you died on the cross, your children got a worth that the world couldn't give and the world can't take away. Help us to grow up in for and because your wonderful grace and glory. Go to
0: work. Go to work. In Jesus' name, Amen.